Hello, I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of HBCU. Joining me on the panel today, I have LaSasha Griffin. LaSasha graduated from Jackson State University. She serves as the executive assistant to the federal co-chair for Delta Regional Authority. I also have Anthony Norris. Anthony graduated from North Carolina Central, and he currently serves as the executive vice president and chief development officer for the YMCA Memphis Mid-South. LaSasha, Anthony, welcome to HBCU. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So I want to start the show by really jumping into your HBCU experience. So LaSasha, I'm going to start with you. How did you select the Jackson State University as your HBCU? Well, uh, it's very interesting. Um, I come up from a family of Jacksonians. Um, out of my grandmother and grandfather's 10 children, uh, eight of them are Jacksonians. Then on my dad's side of the family, um, eight of them are Jacksonians of the wow. 10 of them. So Jackson State just has been embedded in me my entire life. So legacy. So legacy, yes, yes. And you know, and I, I joke about it all of the time, but I was actually conceived <laughs> while my parents were at Jackson State University. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, yes. You, was born, you was born on the campus born, almost. <laughs> born to the I love. <laughs> so Anthony, what about you? How did you uh, select your HBCU? Uh, yeah, I ended up at North Carolina Central. I was uh, raised by a single parent and one of the first in my family to go to college. But it was actually in high school where I attended uh, Upward Bound mm -hmm. at Johnson C. Smith. But one of my counselors, who ended up being my dean of pledges, uh, was a student at North Carolina Central uh, University. And then uh, a teacher, actually, Milton Caldwell, uh, who was a graduate of NCCU, submitted my application uh, to Central, and while I had aspirations to go play basketball at Howard, yeah. God had another plan for me, and that was to be an Eagle. Okay, so did you play basketball? Uh, no, I actually went to Central on an academic scholarship and thought that I was gonna play basketball, but I ended up pledging uh, instead. Okay, so uh, Sasha, talk to me about, when, first of all, I wanna acknowledge that you actually went to two HBCUs, right? So yes. you went to Cahoma Community College, yes. and you also attended Jackson State University. So. I want to start with Cahoma Community College just to keep it in chronological order. Okay. Uh, talk to me about Cahoma Community, Community College and what your experience was like there. Okay, well, first of all, I come from a very small community, Jonestown, Mississippi, of course, um, and it's 13 miles north of Clarksdale. And one of the uh, foc focuses of education um, for me was making sure that I tried to stay close to home because I am a single parent. Mm -hmm. I had a son while in high school. So Cahoma was a very, very good decision for me because it allowed me to stay at home mm -hmm. to help with my son, which my mom did take on that uh, role or responsibility while I continued my education. And so while attending Cahoma, I was nurtured. I was truly loved. I was shown I guess how to really be a leader. Uh -huh. And so from there, I matriculated on to the Jackson State University. Okay. And while at Jackson State University, people like Dr. Hilliard Lackey, he took me under his wings. And he tell people right now that I am his goddaughter daughter. <laughs> so whatever I need yeah. from Jackson State, he made sure it happened. And uh, in that process, uh, I learned to nurture people 
I learned how important it was to give back. And I also learned that it's important to make sure that I contribute to my own. Yeah. And so Jackson State made sure that that happened for me. And it, it's always my goal to make sure it continues to happen. Okay, so I'm going to come back because, you know, also <laughs> you spent the first part of your career, significant, really, what, 25? 23 years. 23 years. Yes. Uh, working for... Uh, Cahoma Community College, but I'm going to come back to that, and so I'm going to pivot to you, Anthony. Uh, do you remember the first day that you set foot on the campus of North Carolina Central? Absolutely. Tell it, me about it. Well, first of all, the thing that jumped out were all of the beautiful women. <laughs> it was, uh, But it was uh, a beautiful campus, and it felt like home, but it also was uh, bigger than what I what I expected. So I, Chitley Hall yeah. was the dorm, and so it was all male a dorm and uh, went out and got to play basketball and meet some friends from uh, New York and yeah. it was just um, uh, quite an experience and it was exhilarating uh, but also a little uh, nervous at the same time. Right. Wow. So uh, LaSasha, talk to me about the first day that you stepped foot on Jackson State University campus. Do you recall that day? Oh yes, the first day that I stepped on that campus, Dr. Hilliard Lackey was there to meet me. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, LaShasa, are you ready for this experience? And I told him, Dr. Lackey, I've been doing this my whole life. <laughs> uh, and so when I got to campus, I made sure that I was registered for all of my classes. Uh, and, and you know, normally with an HBCU, it's traditional that you have to wait in line. Yeah. But at Jackson State, I actually did not. I was prepared for everything that was before me. So I got into my dorm. Uh, I stayed in the honors dorm uh, while there. Now it's been demolished because, again, Jackson State has transitioned to much, much better. But um, I got into my dorm. I met my roommate. We had a very, very good experience. And I got ready for class. And so, again, going outside of community college, Going to a university was really, really eye-opening. I met a lot of people in my first day of class who were English majors yeah. just as me, and it was just mind-boggling because they were outside of the Mississippi Delta. Right, right. Yeah. So a very new, um, new experience for you coming from the Delta. Yes. Uh, Anthony, on the campus of North Carolina Central, um, and, and I know every HBCU is unique, but what were some of the things on campus that really set it apart from other HBCUs? Uh, I would say, you know, being in the heart of uh, the city mm -hmm. uh, of Durham, you had a chance to kind of have an oasis on campus, but then also you also were part of the community. So we were right next to uh, McDougal Terrace, which was a public housing uh, project. So you got a chance to experience the city walking to the restaurants uh, near. But then on campus, you know, you had the dorm. So we had high rise um, girls dorms and then we had the one um, uh, male uh, dormitory and then uh, the uh, the cultural activities so we had football games yeah. and then you got to attend um, uh, various functions uh, so that was kind of the things that made it special and unique being in the heart of a city but also being part of such a historical uh, university that meant so much to the state of North Carolina. What were homecomings like? at North Carolina Central. Yeah, there was homecoming was uh, such, I call it like a family reunion. So yeah. that was a big eye opener, the first homecoming. So you would uh, go to the football game, then you would have the concert, the step shows, and you would see all the uh, fraternities and sororities yeah. uh, showcase. And then obviously then once I, I was a freshman class vice president, and then sophomore class president when I pledged. And so homecoming became an even greater 
spectacle when you are part of a, a fraternity and sorority because you have to host the hospitality for all of the alums that come to town. Right, right. And so, Sasha, talk to me about you. Actually, Kahoma and Jackson State both have, you know, out just you know out of the, this world homecoming. So, talk yeah. to me about both institutions and what homecoming is like at each one. Oh wow. It is the ultimate family reunion, definitely. Um, um, at homecoming, it's the opportunity for classes to come back together, for football teams to actually reunite. It's the opportunity for student leaders to come back and say, this is my chance to give back to the school that has helped me become the person I've become. Yeah. So having worked at an HBCU for all of those years, I had the opportunity to make sure that I was a part of that big party yeah. that showcased everything that actually went on. So it, it went from fundraising to barbecues to step shows to um, church services. So it's, it's the total package. Yeah. You have the opportunity to see people, to meet people, and then we get to see legacy. Yeah. Legacy definitely happens at HBCUs. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony, talk to me about Greek life at North Carolina Central. Uh, you are a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, my, my frat brother. And so uh, tell me about your experience uh, on the yard. Yeah, it wasn't something that I necessarily expected to do. I was a Botillion, part of a, a Botillion in high school, but didn't know if I was going to actually pledge or not. But once I did, it actually became a central part of my life and sometimes even maybe too much. Whereas, <laughs> but uh, the relationships where uh, one of my Sands line brothers actually celebrating his 60th birthday coming up uh, yeah. soon. But it was uh, just gave you a real sense of family within a bigger family. And then it also instilled uh, the fundamental purpose of it, uh, of Cap Alpha Psi's achievement. Right. And so it also inspired you to grow and represent uh, what uh, the fraternity that you're part of uh, stands for. So the relationships as well as the standards that were set and even the rivalries, you look back even with fondness with other right. fraternities, it right. gets pretty competitive, but now you look back and it was all you know water under bridge, but it helps right. us grow into who we ultimately right. become. Touch on the service component as well. Uh, you know, obviously we're really big on achievement uh, in every field of human endeavor but also we're big on servicing the communities in which we uh, reside. So talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah, it's something called guide rights. And you mentioned, when you mentioned that, helped me just think about it, it planted a seed. One of the things that we participated in was a before and after care program, a school program at one of the local schools where we would go in and volunteer and tutor and raise funds to provide resources for them. And I take that full circle. Yeah. A big part of what I do now in my career with the YMCA is with uh, the 23rd largest school district, we have uh, provided before and after care services. So it instilled in me uh, and my brothers uh, the importance of giving back uh, because not everyone has the opportunities you do, but to be that example uh, that you appreciate and have gratitude for what you've been blessed with. Right, I agree with you 100%.
So, Sasha, yeah. you know, obviously you are a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Indeed. Incorporated. Indeed. So talk to me Indeed. about the being on the yard at Jackson State. Well, actually, I did not have the opportunity to pledge while in college, but uh, it has always been a lifelong goal of mine. So uh, once I did complete my un undergraduate studies, uh, I did submit to Delta, uh, and upon my first attempt, I did uh, become a member of the Clarkson Marks Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma. Okay. Uh, and again, it was maybe a few years after finishing, so in uh, spring '02. So this is my 20th year in the sorority. Okay, well, congratulations! So, thank yeah. you, thank you. But so. you still, you still absorbed it, so yes. you can still, you know, talk about just from yes. being there and, and, and being in that environment. Yes, yes. So um, with uh, the sorority, definitely. Um, the impact that Delta has on our community is just so profound. I, I didn't have any other choice. Uh, it, it stood for and stands for what I truly believe in, sisterhood, service, scholarship, and social action. Yeah. And uh, as we talk, hopefully we'll get into uh, those type things. Uh, I'm an only child. So I had the opportunity to gain sisters. And yeah. so now I have over 300,000 sisters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Service, I get to impact the lives of children. I get to impact my community every day. Um, and then uh, social action. I'm an older person for the town that I live in. Yeah. So, so it keeps me very, very active in all that I do. But at the same time, it keeps me focused on the priorities of making sure that our communities get what we need and we're serving the way that we should. And Delta Sigma Theta has positioned itself to make sure that we are doing exactly the things that we need to do for our communities. Right. Yeah. And then scholarship, I can't leave that right. out. Leave so education is an important impact on our communities because as long as we get educated, we know what to go back and tell those people that need the assistance to do to get the jobs done. Right. I agree with you. And so Anthony, um, so you graduate from uh, North Carolina Central. What next? What, what was your next step in life? Uh, yeah, I actually was blessed to be able to go on into law school, but even graduating from Central uh, was an adventure. And I think that's one of my most fondest memories that was life-changing for me with my HBCU experience that it allowed me to grow up. I was yeah. pretty immature when I went uh -huh. to college, yeah. so I kind of lost my way. And so I ended up being out of school and just working numerous jobs for a couple of years, and mm -hmm. then it was the tragic loss of my mother uh, at the young age of 42, that was my wake-up call. But then North Carolina Central embraced me when I came to myself, and yeah. I re-enrolled in school, and I was able to make up all those classes and graduate uh, in a year and a half uh, after that, and then was uh, blessed to uh, uh, be accepted into uh, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, and I went to law school. Uh, there and then three years after that, I uh, graduated and moved to across the country to Memphis, Tennessee, where I've been ever since. Okay. So, what about you? Well, um, I guess it was pretty much. Because uh, you went into your professional career after you graduated, yes, right? Yes, I did. As soon as I completed Jackson State, uh, I was offered a job in the city school system. So I taught fourth grade for two years in mm -hmm. Clarkson Municipal School District. Uh, and then uh, I was 
actually invited to come uh, to the college to work in adult education. Mm -hmm. So I trained individuals to prepare for the GED, and then I trained teachers to teach the students to get ready for the GED exam. Yeah. And upon completing those tasks, um, an individual, Dr. Greg Hudson, he said he just saw something in me and said, LaShasa, I really need you to come to Student Affairs. And so I transitioned from adult ed to Student Affairs. And in Student Affairs, I had the opportunity to work in student leadership. Mm -hmm. So that was my opportunity to show students what the actual young men and young ladies should look like and act like as leaders. And it, it really, really became fulfilling because uh, from their living to their eating to their safety, it all was impacted through student affairs. Right, and so how did it make you feel to come back and actually work for an institution that you graduated from? What now that was very, very profound. Uh, I, I can remember when I was at Cahoma, I had a, um, the Dean of Students was Miss Claudia Gooden and her uh, assistant was Mrs. Wanda Holmes. Mm -hmm. Both of those ladies impacted me so much at Cahoma until I was like, I wanna do exactly what you are doing. <laughs> and both of them are members of my sorority. Okay. And uh, they took me under their wings and they trained me and they positioned me for the things that I've done in life. So Anthony, uh, you graduate law school and you moved to Memphis and you began practicing law. So talk to me about that, but then also talk to me about your transition to the YMCA. Okay, yes, I came to uh, Memphis to work with one of the largest law firms in the state of Tennessee, Baker Donaldson, uh, Beerman and Caldwell. So I did that for several years, but then had the good fortune to uh, start a sports management firm. So I got into sports and entertainment law okay. and did that for several years, representing, uh, working with a firm that represented some of the top athletes uh, in the country. So I've uh, got a chance to go to some Super Bowls and attend that um, exciting uh, as a sports fan, as well as uh, an entertainer, entertainment uh, fan that got a chance to experience that as part of my professional career. Mm. But then I began what I consider um, my growing up stage, which is when I um, was blessed to start a business uh, with uh, five other gentlemen in 2000, uh, as I was beginning of uh, starting with my family, uh, worldwide label and packaging. So we greenfielded a manufacturing operation that is now 20, going on 22 years old, but I also, when you talked about the service, was a volunteer, served on the board of directors uh, for the YMCA uh, for many years, where we started uh, part of a coalition that started a swim program to teach uh, children from the minority community uh, uh, to swim and for water safety called Splash Mid-South. And then uh, the next phase of my career, so you had the law firm, the sports management, then the entrepreneurial uh, aspirations, yeah. but then uh, was blessed to serve as the chief development officer with the YMCA uh, for now four years. We're really proud to announce that we're building a brand new Y and early learning center in the Whitehaven community in Memphis, which is uh, historically um, uh, one of the largest uh, prominent black uh, communities in Memphis. And we're building um, a brand new Y that's scheduled to open this summer and one of the first Ys in the state of Tennessee to be named after an African-American family. Wow, and so you mentioned um, the program that teach African-American kids how to swim. Why is that important? Uh, well, first of all, on uh, the day that the pools opened in Memphis in 2008, two young boys, uh, 13 and 15, African-American boys, drowned 
And that was a wake up call. I was a swim parent, my um, son and daughter, my daughter's actually graduating from Fordham uh, University next week mm -hmm. because she went on a swim scholarship. So it was a call to action that too many of our children are at risk of drowning. The statistics show that uh, historically for uh, uh, discrimination reasons and others, socioeconomic, we're um, less likely to swim or know how to swim. And so we, as a result of that effort, over uh, 10,000 children have received low, uh, free or low cost swim lessons, and many have gone on to be on swim teams and others have gone on to college uh, where they were able to swim. Wow, that's important work. A lot of people may not be aware of that, but there's a uh, tremendous deficit in the African-American community in, in terms of uh, knowing how to swim. Yes. So, uh, Lasasha, you recently transitioned from Cahoma Community College to Delta Regional Authority. So talk to me about that transition. Like, when you left Cahoma, what were you doing and, and what are you now doing in your new role? Well, when I left Cahoma, I actually retired from the state of Mississippi. Okay. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and no one could believe that I was actually retiring. Uh, right, number one, I'm so young. Yeah. You know, I'm only 35. <laughs> 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 no, but really, uh, um, I, I, when, I, when I started working, I decided uh, early that I wanted to make sure that I set myself up so that I wouldn't have to work for the rest of my life. So um, I, I obligated myself to making sure that that happened. And uh, I was able to retire, as I said. Uh, one thing that I did was I'm a workaholic. So I didn't take many days off work. Mm -hmm. So when I left Cahoma, I actually had five years of time up. Wow. So I was able to retire with 28 years uh, from the state of Mississippi. Wow. <laughs> number wow. one. Then number two, um, um, with the network of people that I've been able to um, deal with in life, I've gained some great friends, uh, and I've, I've, I guess, formed a, a camaraderie with so many people who have said, you should be a part of this team, or I need you to help me with this. And so when uh, Dr. Corey Wiggins was appointed by President Biden uh, to become the federal co-chairman, he called me and he said, uh, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, if you want to, if you considered this, and I said, I will. And so I considered it. And so now I've left the educational scene to a economic development um, piece where I'm still impacting my community. I'm helping just in a different manner, yeah. not educationally, but infrastructurally, mm -hmm. economically, as well as um, trying to help build a network of young people who want to do things for their community. Right. So Anthony, tell me, we may have viewers watching that may be trying to decide what school to send their uh, kids to. Why should they consider North Carolina Central? Oh, well, first of all, it's a great school, so you'll get a high-quality education, but then also you'll have a staff and administration uh, faculty that really cares about the individual that you are. And I know the school has grown uh, since when I was there significantly, but still it is uh, a close-knit uh, community that not only will you get a great education, but you will be part of a uh, historical lineage that is such a uh, vital part of the fabric of not only uh, North Carolina, but uh, the country uh, overall. So I think each uh, child or student will have a tremendous uh, experience and they will 
get individual uh, attention as well as form bonds and yeah. relationships that will last a lifetime. That's, that's oh, good. I like yes. it. So, LaShasha, talk about why should someone consider Cahoma or Jackson State University? Well, number one, I think anyone should consider Cahoma because it's economically sound. Yeah. Um, you don't have to get a loan to attend school there. It's one of the uh, lowest valued community colleges to enroll in. Uh, and, get, and you'll get a quality education that you can transition on into a university. Yeah. So definitely that experience in itself uh, will help you financially. Then I'll say to attend Jackson State because it is the best, <laughs> the best HBCU in the world. You, I mean, we, we are uh, ranked in a lot of the things that we do at the institution. Um, the tradition is like no other. Uh, we support. It is an experience that you cannot go without noticing. When you go to a homecoming, you don't ever want to stop. Yeah. So, I mean, you, and it goes on throughout life. And then you gain friends and family who make sure that whatever you need is done there. And our alumni base is like none other. Listen, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't argue with you. Uh, both of you all make good cases, but I want to wrap the show up by doing this. I want to first acknowledge both of you all for your successful careers and how your success have cast a positive light on uh, HBCUs. And what I want to do at this time is award each one of you all with the HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award wow. for your commitment to wow. historically black colleges and universities. And I want to thank both of you all for taking time to be on the show today. And I want to thank my viewers for watching. And remember, without you, there's no me.